Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. A lot of people are driving traffic and not necessarily knowing what happens after someone fills out that form. So if you don't know what that experience looks like, you're probably wasting budget. Even if your channels are performing great, if you have high engagement, you have to really be mindful of where you're sending people and what that experience looks like. What's up? What's up? I'm so excited. I have my favorite marketer from Chili Piper with me today. Um, This is going to be super excited to chat about demand gen, but I want to give you the stage, introduce who you are, and also how did you get into marketing? Sure. First of all, thanks so much for having me. Big fan of everything you're doing over at Marketing Millennials. I guess I'll start with what I'm doing now. So my name is Tara. I run demand gen at a company called Chili Piper, which a few of you might be familiar with. Kaylee was on a couple of weeks ago, so she spoke a lot about her time at Chili Piper. Trying to think how I got into marketing. It's kind of a weird story, but um, I graduated in 2010, which was not a fun time to be job hunting and sort of similar to people graduating now. But I actually found my first job on Craigslist, which I would not recommend anyone do that, especially now. <laughs> but I had been looking for a while, interviewing with a lot of bigger companies, and I just couldn't get past the recruiter stage just because I didn't have much experience on my resume outside of I worked at a movie theater through university and high school. And then I did some like brand rep type marketing, but very, very low rung there. So found a job listing on Craigslist, ended up getting hired by this startup, and I was a little bit of everything. I was reception. I set up our first Twitter account. I set up our HubSpot, but I also learned what I didn't like. So I didn't love events and I didn't love sales. Um, so I, that was really what drew me to the demand gen side was getting to play around with HubSpot, getting to set that up for the first time. I want to go into a topic today. We chatted a little bit before the episode about how you're thinking about demand gen and how demand gen should work closely with organic social. So could you dive a little bit about your thoughts on that? And then we can dive how you're executing that right now at Chili Piper. So I mentioned I was kind of a team of one in the past, so I did a little bit of everything. But from there, I moved into more structured marketing teams where demand gen was really we ran the marketing automation and we ran paid and we didn't really interact as much with the rest of the marketing team. So it was pretty siloed in my experience. And what I really enjoyed when I moved over to Chili Piper is that the teams worked a lot more closely together. And I was able to see, obviously, we're on LinkedIn a ton because that's where our ICP is. And I was able to see what was working for the organic side and starting to apply that on paid, which has been really successful for us, but also a lot of fun versus just coming up with ideas for paid ads on my own, which can be pretty isolating if anyone has been in that boat before, just trying to come up with creative copy and taglines by yourself. So what is the process like to take an organic post and then move it over to paid channels? I like to think of organic as kind of a testing ground. So obviously, we don't want to put every single idea we've ever had onto our LinkedIn page, but running things at least once a week, we do essentially a Piper takeover. So someone new from the team gets to run our LinkedIn account and play around with it. And that's where we can really learn from people that are customer facing. So on the sales side, people that are AMs, and they get to post 
pretty much whatever they want. We give them some copy editing help if they want it. But other than that, they're free to run the account. So not just working with our organic team, but also just the team, the broader team and customer facing roles, we're able to learn what's resonating. And I can see, like, for example, this meme that we posted as kind of a joke really took off. So maybe I should put some paid behind it. So it's not a set process, but I like to test things out on the organic side and see if our audience responds to it first. Yeah. One thing that's great about that approach is organic gives you quick answers on if your message is working or not with your audience, where paid does the same thing, but the only caveat is you have to pay. You're paying. Yeah. yeah. So it's for your approach, it's better to run the creative you're running too, but see what's working on social, see what's hitting. Maybe it's a message, maybe it's a me, maybe it's a creative. And then if it is working, you bring it over to paid channels. What, are, what channels have you been running organic? What have you seen organic social posts working best? Like what channels do they work best on right now? For us, we really focus on LinkedIn. So in the past, we were running ads on Facebook, on Instagram as well. But we just found that they weren't as successful in reaching our ICP. So we really just focused down on LinkedIn. One thing I wanted to test this year, but I didn't end up making the case for it, um, is Twitter. Just there's a ton of noise happening on Twitter right now. Um, but with just being a little more budget conscious this year, it's kind of fallen to the bottom of my list. Yeah, let's go into the budget consciousness right now. How, as a demand gen marketer, are you thinking about budget differently than you did, let's say, six months ago when budget was, you had pretty much all the rain you could with budget? Um, yeah. How do, you th- how do you think about it? I think the biggest difference is like just going back to testing. So in the past, I mean, say six months ago, if I tested something and we thought it was promising or we saw something, hey, there's something here, like there's engagement maybe not leads necessarily, but something great is happening with our ICP, I could make the case to double down on it. But now it's getting tougher, (laughs) obviously, to make that case. And I know I'm not the only one in that boat. But what we've really done is trimmed back on net new tests and focused in on, like I mentioned, LinkedIn. We know our audience is there. We know it works to reach them. And so we're doubling down on the channel that works, but then trying new formats on that channel. So trying out things like memes, like even screenshots of LinkedIn. I know that was a big trend in Q4. It's still working pretty well for us. And then on new channels, so one example of a new one that we're trying out a little bit more this year is YouTube. But instead of just going really broad with pre-roll ads to who knows who they were targeting, uh, we're basically using our website retargeting audiences, but to reach them in a new way. So much more niche and narrowed down audiences than I would have been running six months ago. In one way, it's a good thing because I think it helps marketers focus on what's working. Obviously, it sucks as a a marketer that you don't get to test new things or have budget to do whatever you want. But at least it, it gets more marketers in the mindset that, hey, let's double down on where our audience actually is instead of guessing and playing the guessing game because a lot of markers do play the guessing game out there so it kind of is a good thing even though it's not i i trust me we all want budget but at least like the lesson you can get out of this is the ability to focus i think a lot of us have been especially me have been all over the place of like what channel should i be on what should i be on at least 
now with budget cut, you you have to look at efficiency of the channel you're on. Yeah, and I think just efficiency across the board because a lot of people are driving traffic and not necessarily knowing what happens after someone fills out that form. So if you don't know what that experience looks like, you're probably wasting budget. Even if your channels are performing great, if you have high engagement, you have to really be mindful of where you're sending people and what that experience looks like. Yeah, I think that's also something that in B2B that a lot of people forget is a lot of marketers spend 80% of their time on trying to create new leads um, or capture new leads, whatever words you want to use, but they don't forget, they don't go the next stage of like, how are these leads converting down funnel? They forget like that's as important as you running ads on LinkedIn and you running because the only goal of paid advertising, like the first goal is like to sell the click. And then whatever happens after that is you have to, your landing page is not to sell the next click and then your form, then the, the next step is to sell the next thing. It's You can't think of like the ad trying to sell something, otherwise you're going to do the wrong things on the ad. And the first thing is to get the attention of the person to sell that click of the ads. Yeah, and I think that's why you see so many B2B ads, especially on LinkedIn, look the same because they're not trying to sell that click. They're trying to sell, hey, we have this G2 badge and our product is so great. And I don't know if those ads are performing for anyone. I doubt it. But um, I think they fall into that trap of trying to sell themselves right away instead of, to your point, selling the click and then selling the next one and selling just kind of that natural journey down what people want to discover versus, hey, this is us. We're so great. Check us out. I mean, there's always simple stuff like... I mean, I, I know you unplug it, but like having calendar on form to, so you skip two steps of having to get a lead in and then book a meeting and then stuff like that. We used to do that with Chili Piper at Chow Now. We've done it at other, I've done it at other places too. So, and I think if you're owning pipeline, it's a different story because you, you have to think about all those conversion rates down final, but I, a lot of people are only measured on that MQL, which that's where a lot of the problems come come in. That's definitely changing, at least from what I'm hearing from marketers, is even the people that their goal in Q3 last year was MQLs, now all of a sudden it's pipeline and they don't really know how to approach that, but they obviously have to bring in revenue for the business. Yeah, because it was a nice to have, like, because now what really matters is CAC payback, and how, how the cost of acquiring a customer, like it actually matters a lot now. Where like before I've been in companies where it's like you could push a number a little bit, a little bit more because we know that eventually like some will come down down the line. But now your CAC payback, your blended CAC, everything needs to be like tied up. Otherwise you're screwed as a marketer. I don't want to get into whole dark social thing, but there's a lot that you can't track. And obviously you guys know this since you're listening to this podcast, but we try to focus on that blended number because again, when you try to pull up just the channel, you're not seeing the full picture, but always trying to keep that blended number down. I love that because also the problem is what happens and you, you and Chili Piper do this very well is even if you look at blended, for example, you might still think that like the inputs are like our Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google, 
Um, even though like the, and you say like, oh, wow, Google is, is bringing down like a blended or, or like organic or direct search is bringing on a blended, but it really could be like, we did a podcast. We did, um, we were crushing it on LinkedIn, organic social. And that's why it's great that you work closely with organic social, because I think that's a big reason why Chili Piper has a name because you're active on both not just one yeah if someone comes in through branded search i know that that's not the first time you're hearing of us you didn't just think of like oh i should google chili paper you probably had a reason so if you're following just straight up cac per channel it would really send you down the wrong road of oh we should double down on branded search but that is you're gonna have diminishing returns if you're not doing the organic side as well what are some tips for people who are running LinkedIn? Like, what are, how do I successfully run a, a great LinkedIn campaign? Because I think this is something people don't do very well. So, like, how do you think about a great LinkedIn ad? It really comes down to what your, who your audience is. And I feel like that's the cop out marketing answer, but it's true. Um, I'm in a pretty unique space where I'm essentially marketing to myself and my peers. So, it's, I can have some fun and play around with that. Some industries, you might not be able to have as much creative freedom if you're selling to someone in IT or the CRO. So you do you have to keep that persona in mind for sure. But I think the biggest thing, and again, I've learned this from following our organic really closely, is people just want to either learn something or be entertained. And they don't want to just be followed around by ads to book a demo for your software. It's not going to work. It might have worked a year or two ago. But unless someone's already in market, like we were saying before, some net new person is not going to click on that ad and convert. So you have to keep that in mind when you're building your audiences too. Yeah, there's only two ways someone is going to convert if they're not in market right now. It's one, like you have one of the best offers in the whole world that like someone, like it's the cheapest price or you're giving them the $500, $200 Amazon gift card, LinkedIn ads. Um, like those are really good offers, but... It doesn't mean that person has that pain right now or needs the, the solution. So staying top of mind with what you're doing with Chili Piper ads are how I like to see it too. So I'm on on your side and I know we talked before this out, Kaylee talked about like demand capture versus demand creation. And a lot of it comes down to educating buyers, staying top of mind versus just capturing the, and right now the problem is like a lot of people can't buy. So what are you going right. to do for to people who can't buy right now that probably could probably buy maybe in six months time? You have to educate them, stay top of mind. And when they're ready to buy, you can do something with that. Yeah, there's this old stat that only 5% of your market is actually looking to buy right now. I think that's a couple years old. It's probably like 2% now, if I had to guess. Um, so you really want to think about how can we stay top of mind without just annoying people, right? If you're just showing them how great you are and book a demo over and over, that's not staying top of mind. That's just being in their face. It's not the same thing. So you have to think of how can I either make their day brighter, like I was saying, have maybe something fun, or how can you teach them something that they can take back to their team and really learn from? The one thing that I've learned in SaaS, at least in the last like 10 years, SaaS products, 
are becoming more and more of a commodity than they used to be. Like before, like eight years ago, like that was the only solution in the market. Like HubSpot was like the only solution that did X or something, or maybe they had one other competitor like Marketo. And then now there's like 60 of those companies out there. And now it's like when you become a commodity, the best thing to do is like create brand, create brand, like be top of mind because you want to be the, the best brand when someone is thinking about it. It's a classic positioning where like you have to win in the mind first. Um, like the, so if you could take that space in the mind and you're in the mind for a long time, that's why McDonald's and all these people, I bring this up all the time. They don't run billboards for like no reason. They want to like, you need to always be reminded, like if you're, hungry like it's mcdonald's like but they need to remind you all the time that like because it's a commodity there's so many fast food restaurants out there what is a marketing hill you would die on i think the biggest thing for me is if your sales team isn't hitting their goals and marketing isn't either so if it doesn't matter if you're bringing in thousands of mqls mols whatever you want to call them um if sales isn't hitting their revenue targets then your marketing is something's off, something's not working. So you need to reevaluate that. That's the greatest statement ever because it's the most annoying thing where you see marketing like cheering. And I'm a marketer and I know this, but like you see marketing cheering and then like we're 70% to revenue goals. At the end of the day, even if you're doing a great job, somebody's marketing jobs all aligned because we're the company's not hitting goals and not making money. And the first department they look at usually is the market. Usually. Yeah. 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 That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on the other side too, and that if you get into a situation like that, then when sales is hitting their goals and celebrating, they're probably not including marketing because you probably weren't helping them out if you weren't giving them that pipeline to begin with. So it's a kind of a slippery slope once you're celebrating 70%, right? One thing that I've learned just being in marketing ops, my career is the best thing to do when you're creating goals is get the sales leader and the marketing leader in the same room and align like, okay, okay, we have a revenue goal that was set from the CEO or the CFO or whoever has picked the number. Now, like, let's agree on what is a good conversion rate from pipeline to sales and then let's agree work backwards that if we de deliver x amount of pipeline and mqls is this good enough to hit your goal like do you commit to this like conversion rate and then you it, once you've committed to the conversion rate you committed to a pipeline goal then it's on both of you to be like okay we delivered this many good mqls we've delivered this much pipeline now, are you hitting like that close rate goal we've agreed on? So it's all about aligning those goals up front. So there's no shock. You both signed off on this. You both are accountable for this. And then also what it does is you start doing more actions to help sales too, which that's the problem a lot of market. They don't, you don't think about, the, you do the things like we talked about at the beginning. Think about conversion rate stuff. Think about sales enablement think about air coverage for accounts that are in pipeline you start thinking about all these things which you weren't thinking about before 
Yeah. And another big one that's come up this quarter, at least for a lot of people for the first time, is just post-sale too. So how can you support cross-sell? How can you support renewals? Obviously for software, those numbers are huge and really important to the business, but a lot of marketers aren't even aware of what their renewal numbers or churn looks like. So that's one place. If you were feeling insecure about your role, like we were saying earlier, that's one place in the business that I would dig into if you can. What I used to do too, which I think marketers should think about is like diagnose your channels and see what channels at the bottom of the funnel are either like getting stuck in onboarding or are churning because also that affects like LTV to CAC as much as like you can have this like blended LTV to CAC number. Like I've seen this a lot. What happened with Facebook a lot is leads came in, not saying this was for every business, but leads came in, they closed, they did well, and they were like the quickest channel to churn versus I've been not many, if you don't do the, like do the analysis all through the funnel, all the way through renewal, because you also, word of mouth is technically the best marketing channel out there. So if you're not focusing on how to get your customers excited as well, because everything is marketing at the end of the day, as much as you people don't want to think like every touch point is marketing and every touch point is brand. So you have to think about retention. You have to think about sales. You have to think about conversion rate in the funnel and you have to think about creating and capturing demand. Yeah. Anecdotally, I knew that our customers were super important to us for word of mouth, but just literally right before this, I was going through our self-reported attribution for March and the amount of people that say, oh, I saw PandaDoc was using you guys, so I trust you. Or, oh, I saw this customer was using you. It just comes up so much more often than even I expected. So if they didn't have a great experience with us, that would be, we wouldn't be seeing that come through in that reporting. So, yeah, I think that's also a good point you made because I think a lot of it also comes down to getting feedback to the product team. Like, if your product is not good, then it's hard to do marketing in, the ge- in general. So luckily, Chili Piper has a great product, so it's way easier than someone who doesn't. But it's still a hard market right now, I'm not saying. But that's why you have these raving fans. You also have great customer success, so that also helps too. So the alignment of product, customer success, and doing cool marketing on that side of the business helps a lot. And as a marketer, you might not feel like you have the power to control things like product, like customer success. But if you're hearing things that aren't working or getting feedback from the market, I think it is on us to share that internally and escalate and see how we can help solve that. And going back to what we talked about at the beginning, one of the best ways to find that is like organic social. Mm -hmm. Because that's where people are giving their, most of the time, their honest feedback or honest comments of why they love your product or And if you see someone who's coming back to your content over and over and over again, that's also a customer. It shows that they love Chili Piper or they love your brand. So that's a great place to go look because I bet you, you see tons of testimonials that are people writing posts that you are unsolicited that people are talking about your brand or there are some times where people are posting things that aren't that good that you can go sent to product as well. 
Yeah, especially even outside of social in communities. I'm in a bunch of them on Slack and you see all the time people saying like, hey, I'm looking for a new direct mail vendor. And you see a thread of like 50 responses of people weighing in with very specific feedback on how things went for them when they switched. So you can't always be there. But if your customers are having a good experience with your product, that'll come through in those places too. That's actually a really great point. I think that's the most unsolicited advice um, yeah. is when people, friends are telling friends what they like. And like DG's community, is, this happens all the time. People ask advice. I see it on Twitter more and more too. Like people will be like, what is the best software for X? And then you see people replying to people who the fight between two brands and then it's so funny i love it yeah you see that a lot i'm always hesitant to weigh in i like to just observe for a while and see if you started marketing over today what is one piece of advice you would give yourself that will would have changed your career i wish i had tried out the sales side more i i think i mentioned early on i had some very minimal experience with inbound sales when I first got my first role. And I really quickly decided, nope, this isn't for me. I don't like this. Um, And I wish I had stuck with it just a little bit more just to push myself to know the sales side more and just to be able to relate to sales more. I think that would be honestly a good experience for any marketer, but especially for someone like me who isn't super outgoing, isn't a natural salesperson. I wish I had pushed that a little. That's a good point because I wish I did more sales stuff as well because I think one thing to be able to align with sales and understand sales is you have to have done that that role. Luckily in marketing ops I spent used to spend a lot of time with sales. So at least I saw their pains and heard their pains and talked to them all the time. But I still didn't actually hundred percent know their pains because I wasn't doing their role. So Yeah, to do it is a different story than to just empathize. I want to give you one or two minutes to say where people could find you, where um, people could find Chili Piper, anything you want to talk about right now. I would love to connect with anyone listening on LinkedIn. You could probably just search Tara Robertson. I'll come up. And I'd also love any feedback on our podcast, Demand Gen Chat, that I've been hosting. We have a new season coming out really soon. And lastly, um, we're almost at 55K followers for the Chili Piper page. So I'd love if anyone wanted to come check that out and give us a follow there. Yeah, go give Chili Piper a follow. Their podcast is great. Tara is a great host on theirs. Uh, go listen. And thank you so much for joining. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, Please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.